I'm State Senator Jill Shoup. And I'm State Representative Tracy McCreary. And we're meeting briefly just to talk to you about some of our initial responses to the state of the state. So uh, the governor outlined his priorities, so we'll talk about those in a minute. But one of the things he didn't talk about was this impending issue for all of our taxpayers around the state of Missouri, where the Department of Revenue has miscalculated what people should have been withholding from their paychecks. And come April 15th, there are going to be a lot of surprises. And a lot of people are going to owe a lot more money than they thought or are going to get a much smaller refund than they anticipated. Right. Anywhere between $135 million and $400 million is what the estimate is right. of what the taxpayers are going to owe to make this year's budget whole. Right. It's alarming. And we, the House Democrats, have repeatedly tried to get information from the Department of Revenue. We have so many questions, including how many families are we talking about, you know, and what are their plans for communicating and just things like that. So like you said, I'm really, really alarmed. I think this is a time for a lot of us to try to, that idea of walking a mile in somebody else's shoes. There are a lot of families that cannot just write a check for $200 when their taxes are due. And so there are going to be a lot of tough decisions for families to make. And it's our job as legislators to try to help them navigate and look for possible solutions. Right. We need to look for solutions and let them know. And that was missing from the governor's Mm -hmm. state of the state today. But some of the things he did talk about were infrastructure and workforce development. So infrastructure, one of the things is he said 10 school districts Mm -hmm. in the state and several areas do not have access to high-speed internet. So we have a grant from the federal government for $250 million. The state puts in $5 million, if I understand correctly, so that we can make sure that those rural areas, with the help of taxpayers from places like St. Louis County and Kansas City, are going to be getting access to the internet service that they need. And right. it's really important. Oh, it, it's critically important, but I also don't want our listeners to think that the state just putting in $5 million is going to help at all. This is a billion-dollar-plus project if we truly want every corner of Missouri to have access to broadband. And so, though I applaud the governor's efforts on this, we have a lot of work to do. I will say one thing that gave me hope, or made me a little excited today, is I do think it's important to talk about broadband as part of infrastructure. You know, right. you no longer can just consider it a luxury to have access, you know, to, to broadband. It's necessary these days for work. It's necessary for education, for telehealth, for example. So, right. you know, and I think it's about time that we start talking about broadband under that umbrella of infrastructure because it's just as critical to people's day-to-day lives as roads and bridges are. Right. And the governor also talked about in terms of infrastructure, what we typically think of as our roads and bridges he did talk about the fact that there is going to be, I think it was $50 million that the state would put in so that counties could help match some funds to deal with those 250 bridges that are the most dangerous around the state right. to help get those repaired. So the state would kick in some money, but it needs the counties to pony up too. And again, we've talked about this before. We don't want to get to our bridges because somebody has died because a bridge is collapsed. Right, exactly. Yeah, so he described that as cost sharing between cities and counties, and I think that sounds like a great idea. And because we have a revenue problem in this state, some of that trickles down to our cities and counties as well. So I'm glad that there's some acknowledgement there that there needs to be some partnership. 
So it's interesting because the governor said, you know, even though we do have a revenue problem in the state and we have the largest tax cut just getting ready to go into effect, which is a little bit scary. So we have these huge tax cuts from corporations, a little bit from day-to-day, everyday Missouri's Mm -hmm. families. And the governor said he's going to save money from this budget. And I'm not sure I understand what that means and how much he's going to cut in order to do that and where those cuts are going to come from. Right, exactly. You know, he talked about, well, he did talk about Medicaid. And of course, we all want Medicaid to be really efficient. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that low-income families who need access to health care, that everybody is using it in the best way it can be used. We're putting into place telehealth when we need it. We're getting people what they need, but we're not being wasteful. Right. But I don't think that's going to make up for the hole in the budget that these huge tax cuts are going to create and that what the citizens of the state of Missouri owe is, is going to make up for. So Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned that. about that as well. I, I, again, I, I liked what the governor had to say. He shared a statistic that for health and health care, 40% of our state is rural, and they really struggle with access to preventive care and emergency care. And I get that, but these are very complex problems that it takes more than just talking about them. It's going to take some money to make sure that Missourians in all corners of the state have access to health care. Well, absolutely. And one of the things that the governor talked about was in terms of education. So high school students, he talked about providing them workforce development training, partnering with businesses in those communities. And we do that. We've talked about that in mm-hmm. our district. Danforth Plant Science Center, the community college has... Um, yeah, they have a lab right site. there. They have a lab Students in, in community college get training, real labs, real work in research that goes on. He talked about a, another community, uh, I think it was in Eldon, where there was a company that was working with high school students. Mm-hmm. My concern, and I think the devil is always in the details right. on this stuff, is that we want to make sure that businesses aren't directing our high schools in how to educate our kids that businesses have their own self-interest and it's profit, right? And so we don't want them to bring in students who are pigeonholed into a job with a company that they end up having to stay with for the rest of their life if that's not their choice. Right. Certainly if that's their choice, wonderful. But some of the other things we need to be doing with high school students is to make sure that we give them enough kinds of training in other areas so that they have good critical thinking skills. Right, it's those soft skills. Right, some of those soft skills, some of those helping develop their entrepreneurial spirit and making sure that they have access to other kinds of opportunities. So exactly, have to carefully watch how that moves. I forward. agree. You know, I I don't see how helping a business train future workers isn't just a giveaway to a special corporate interest, and that's my concern. I think we need to be very very careful with that. So because it's too, it's so. in a way, if we're setting up a program to help a specific business, isn't that just the government picking winners and losers? And why are we helping that business but not another business up the road? So we have a lot of questions. A, a lot of questions around that. And at the same time, I think it's great that we're taking a look at long-term benefits of K through 12 and higher education. We got a bill passed last year to make sure that kids in eighth and ninth grade get ideas about what their future could hold, including ways to make sure that they can go to college if that's their chosen path, if they want to go to college to learn some skills and to be able to work from there. Mm -hmm. So all of these things should tie together, but we have to work together and make sure that the unintended consequences are not what ends up happening. Right. One of the areas around that is if we can get students to go into the healthcare fields, that's why I started to talk about Mm -hmm. this, if we can provide them incentives to go into college to learn those healthcare skills, we can relieve their debt or the interest on their debt by 
having them work in some of our rural areas in the healthcare field. And what we know happens is when you do that and you dig in your roots and you dig in mm -hmm. your ties, sometimes you stay in those communities and continue to work. So one of the ways that we help encourage healthcare access in those communities may be through this kind of workforce development through college. Right, exactly. One of the big things I thought was missing in the speech today, I did not hear any mention about K through 12 education at all or public schools. And or that was early like early childhood education. Right. And that was alarming to me. That's like huge. I feel like one of our biggest responsibilities as the legislature is to make sure that all Missouri children have access to a high quality public education. So the fact that I felt like there was no mention to K through 12 public education, but also no early childhood. I mean, that's very alarming to me, quite it frankly. It's very telling. And I was just getting done talking about the early child education aspect of it and how important that is and how if the governor thinks he has money to save, I would certainly like to see him put it into right. making sure our kids have access to early childhood education. We know it pays for itself seven times over for the long haul. So I think that's something very important, and I agree that was missing from the speech today. He did talk about prison reform mm -hmm. and criminal justice reform, I should say. Right. So he said he doesn't want to build new prisons. He even wants to consolidate some. We'll see what he's supportive of in terms of criminal justice reform, but I know we have some of that going on in St. Louis County, and we want to make sure it's going on throughout the state. Exactly, and the governor received kind of a rare bipartisan standing ovation on that one, so that was that felt good. Maybe it's because I'm in the minority party, but it sometimes feels really good to find at least some basic concepts that we can all agree on. And he did talk about cutting 430 positions in government, so he's right. going to try to lessen the bureaucracy. And I know that under other administrations, we've cut tens of thousands of jobs. So you and I were talking earlier, would you talk about what 430 jobs in state government actually means? Well, it, it's hard to say, you know, like, because when you really dive deep in some of these budget books, as we start going through the budget process, you can see where departments often keep positions open, and it's to help a department meet their budget. So somebody maybe will retire, and they just don't fill that person in order to have that saving. So, you know, there's part of me that hopes that when the governor talks about reducing 430 positions in state government, that a lot of these are just positions that are open naturally or that so they don't that, have anybody currently employed in right or people are retired right or people retire patient. move on you know that that would be my hope and some of that has to do with you know every day we get calls from constituents complaining if you will about state government and often it's because I call and I sit on hold for an hour or you know I mail in a packet like they ask but then no one ever responds well you know what we have cut state government workers over and over and over since since right, 2005 really right. and I just think we're putting more and more strain on state workers they're the lowest paid state workers in the nation and you know I just think we need to be respectful of the amount of work that we're expecting of a smaller and smaller workforce so I'll be, again, I'll be interested to see the details on this. Right. Now, the governor did also mention that, and this was very positive, and I think he got bipartisan applause for this, but that he was going to increase the pay of people who mm -hmm. work in criminal justice. Right. I think is, Department is of Corrections. There are yes. a lot of tough jobs in state oh. government, but those are particularly tough. So criminal justice reform, increasing the pay yep. for people so that we can maybe retain those employees who right. so know what they need to do in those. Anybody that's ever run any kind of business knows that employee turnover can cost a lot of money and Department of Corrections within the state is no different. My hope is if we pay people a little bit more, it will cut down on turnover. Now, he also talked a bit about deregulation and was very proud of the things he had done already mm -hmm. to deregulate uh, certain areas. And I think you and I both come from a consumer protection 
perspective where we're saying, you know, these regulations are often protections. Right. We have regulations put into place so that the citizens are protected. We want to make sure food is healthy in our stores. We want to make sure food is healthy and cooked properly in our restaurants. We want to make sure that products you get are the companies that produce them, that manufacture and sell them, are responsible for making sure that they're good products and products that are not going to harm somebody who utilizes them or purchases them. Right. Or things like, you know, people expect to be able to drink clean water and to breathe air that's not loaded down with all kinds of toxins. So, yeah, you can't just brag about cutting words from the statutes. I think some of the things that were cut are just things that were outdated, maybe things that have been on the books for 100 years. So I think it's important for us to realize that we're here to take care of Missourians. And sometimes these statutes are in place for a reason. Absolutely. So I think that takes mm-hmm. us through a lot of what the governor talked about today. And really, that was only minutes ago that he finished. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining of me. Of course. So we could talk about this a little bit and put out the information. And this is Heads Up Missouri. We'll have another podcast for you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's mini episode of Heads Up Missouri. To listen to Governor Parson's full State of the State address and Senate Minority Leader Gina Walsh's response, click on the links in the show notes below. You can access all of our episodes on our website, headsupmissouri.com, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Let us know what you thought about today's episode by tweeting at headsupmo. Thanks again to bensound.com for providing the podcast music.